Lamkin. O far is the lady o' this hoose that calls me Lamkin. She's up in her bower sewing, but we soon can bring her doon. Then Lamkin's taen a sharp knife that hangs down by his gear, and he has gained the bonny babe a deep wound in a sair. Claire's man Ryan was playing video games when she turned home for the doctors. Just as she'd left him, buttons clicking in a room lit by gunfire and explosions. She laid the baby seat down on the care pit and struggled out her jacket. She'd balked at a size too small in the hope she'd finally lose some more pregnancy weight. But months had passed and there'd still been no change. That jeep's market. Find you got to clean it? she asked. Ryan seemed near to hear her. His tongue was poking out the corner of his mouth and nearly touched the microphone strapped to his head. She whipped the curtains open and dust flew around in the sunlight. Is there only need? he gurned, now taking a zine off the screen. I have to go lie down. I have to go lie down, she said. Can you turn that off? I need you to look after Aiden. The doctor said I need to sleep. He paused the game and turned to look her why. Look, he's sleeping. Can you just talk him up in the room with you? The doctor said, she bawled. Nay, that's bloody greeting again. He looked back at the screen and unpaused the game. Amidst the rattle of gunfire coming out the speakers, Claire could hear Ryan's chum Barry laughing. Fuck's sake, she sighed. She picked up the car seat, heaved it over to Ryan and sat it down by his side. The baby stirred in his sleep. I'm gone up a stair. Dinner bother me, she said. Up in their room, the duvet was still as she left it in the morning, half hanging off the mattress. She emptied the contents of her handbag onto it and rummaged through the pile until she found the small box of antidepressants she'd been prescribed. The doctor had advised her to tack the first gene the next morning. She opened the box and a strip of ten pills slid out. There were green and yellow capsules. She'd seen them before. Her mum took in me breakfast each day. If Claire did the same for the rest of her life, who muckle would that be? She imagined widening through them in her room, thousands upon thousands that came up past her knees. She hid the pals under the jumble of socks in her bedside cabinet and lay down on the bed. The daylight filtering through the curtains was strong and cast athing in a reed haze like a photographer's dark room. She held the duvet out her head to block out the light. In her sleep, she dreamt she was on the bus to school, heading along the coastal route between Hatton and Peterhead. Up a back, loons played with lighters and singed each other's hair. Down the front, coins took pictures of one another on their phones. Ryan and Claire sat in the middle of a, as all as they were new, their bodies near bursting out of their tiny school uniforms. Claire's shirt collar gripped at her neck and her thighs bulged in her black half-mast trousers. Her shoes grip at her feet, numbing her toes. Ryan slung his arm round her and tucked his hand in an aether rockster. His fingers stroked at her boob. Giggling, she turned her off him and looked at the windy. In the distance, the ruinous lane's castle collapsed inwards and crumbled to a pile of rubble. It drifted out the cliff edge like a canal being blown out. Gods, Ryan said, pulling her off her. He focused on the tips of his fingers. They were wheat with a creamy substance. He sniffed the liquid and licked it off, his eyes rolling back into his heed with pleasure. Claire looked down at herself. 
Her white shirt and thin bra had turned transparent with dampness and her nipples glared through. She peeled the shirt off herself and looked down at her right boob. Milk was seeping out of the dark pink nipple. A baby's cry tore through the bus. Claire tried to cover her ears but it came from directly in her. She turned and peered over the back of her seat. Through the flare of the bus, there was a fit bar wide hole that opened out onto the road ablow. The screams were coming faint. She clambered over Ryan out into the passageway. Somebody had stuck blocking y'all a caution tape across Ryan's seat and the in a hen. She stretched and snapped it off until the wire was clear. Kneeling down, she lowered her head through the hole. She sat up in her bed. The greeting had not stopped. Aidan's squirrels. They came from somewhere out the front of the house. If it was Ryan Dean, she was in a cave. If that's what he was playing at. She lay back down and closed her in. Imagined it was ah, just another dream. Doors opened and closed downstairs. Somebody moving in and out of the rooms. She wanted them to stop. Her head felt groggy and the noises made it ah, more intense. Claire, where are you? Her wifey was shouting. Footsteps thudded up the stairs. Claire closed her in and pretended to sleep. Walk up, McQueen! The voice pecked in the doorway. There's been an accident! It was her neighbour Moira, a retired nurse by bed two doors down. It's Aiden. He's hurt. An energy burst through Claire's body like a flare set alight. She sprang up out the bed and before she came to her cell, she was down the stairs, running towards the squirrels. Outside, Ryan knelt on the driveway at the rear of their jeep, cowering over the baby seat. The top half would have been snapped off and dragged under the nearest wheel. What's happened? Ryan's eyes were blurred with tears. He said nothing. She pushed him away from the chair and he tumbled backwards. Aidan's legs had been crushed and the skin had turned a deep red. His eyelashes fluttered and he spewed down onto himself. What did you do? Claire screamed at Ryan. You tell him I'll wash a jeep, was all he could say. His back was lent up against the side of their house and he was shocking like a loon half his age. She heard an ambulance in the distance. What did you do? She grunt. It was an accident, Moira said. He'd just put the seat he'd doing outside while he was washing the jeep. He'd forgotten he'd left it so close when he tried to move the car around to clean the other side. How could you be so stupid? Claire shouted at him. Well, I'm at mistakes, Moira said. She placed a hand on Claire's shoulder. The boy, he'll be fine. It's, it's just a wee scratch. Claire stared down at Aidan and nothing else around them faded out. She closed her eyes and hoped that when she opened them again, he would be as hale and as perfect as the day he was born. Somebody rubbed at her back. An ambulance wifey. She helped Claire up into the vehicle. They lay Aidan out in the stretcher and cushioned his crushed legs with folded sheets. Claire held his limp hand in her hand. He's nae coming, she said as Ryan approached the rear of the ambulance. For the corner of her E, she saw him retreat back towards the house. The driver closed the doors of the ambulance. Through the small window, she could see Moira hudding Ryan against her. They became smar and smar as the vehicle drove onwards to Aberdeen. Oh, still my bear nurse, or oh, still him with a pup. He went a still lady, for this nor for that. Oh, still my bare nurse, oh, still him with a wand. He went a still lady, for ah his father's land. 
O still my bare nurse, O still on with the bell, ye win a still lady till you come doing your cell. The doctor said not to worry, he was a baby, his legs would heal fast enough, and they wouldn't notice any difference in a month's time. She'd get him home the next day. She'd been up all nacht, her shooters ached, and the instant coffee made her jitter. But she'd cope longer without sleep in the past than ever Aidan had grutten off throughout the nacht. A nurse came into the visitor's room and sat down next to her. She leaned a clipboard on her tanned legs as she ticked boxes and teen notes. She looked about the same age as Claire and had similar features, except she was slim and bright-eyed. I'm sure it's unnecessary to get in touch with any of the authorities, the nurse paused. But is there any reason to suspect foul play in this instance? Claire looked down at her hands. Sorry, I really don't want to be asking this, but it's on the form, the nurse said. Claire fiddled with her wedding ring. It was ticked around her finger. She'd chosen it a few weeks after she found out she was pregnant, before her body had swollen. She was taking too long to get an answer. No, no foul play, just stupidity, she sighed. Okay, well, in that case, I should let you know that your husband's been waiting in reception for a few hours now. Maybe you should go down and talk to him. The nurse tried to smile. I want to see Aidan first, if that's okay. By myself. Yes, of course. The nurse led her back through the ward to Aidan's room. He was a whack, his arms flailing at the sides of his head. He lay in a clear plastic box like the Aidan had slept in when he was newly born just seven months before. Claire stroked his fingers across a patch of fuzzy hair in his scalp and kissed him on the forehead. He smelled his gums up at her. Fuzz a happy boy, eh? She laughed. Are you mum's happy boy? He reached out a hand and gripped onto her finger ticked. The air three months were at an end. Lord Weary came again. But Dewey, Dewey was his hurt when first he came home. The helicopter descended towards the helipad at Aberdeen Airport. As soon as it settled, even the eleven men flung the door open. The ah hurried down onto the smooth tarmac and were gifted with the feeling of real land beneath their feet. Although he was sick of the sick to his workmate Fraser, Ryan asked for a lift back to Hatton. Fraser was the same age as Ryan's dad and just as thran. Aye, if he sees a lend a fog first, Fraser coughed. Ryan handed him a new his pocket. Ryan handed him a new his pocket, and they smoked on their way to the long stay car park. On the way home, they stopped off at the Tesco just outside Ellen. Fraser stopped up on fogs and drank to take back to his one bedroom flat in Peter Heed. Ryan headed towards the children's aisle and chose a toy for Aiden. He picked up a new video game for himself, and then coming across an offer at the end of the aisle, picked up a bottle of perfume for Claire. It was sweet and fruity, just like the ancient warmth when they were still in squeal. Grey skies buck out in the road, dark clouds and drizzle. Fraser turned the radio up loud for the silence. They laughed along with the hosts and whistled to the tunes they recognised. The rain thickened as they turned off the main road into the small village of Hatton. Through the flapping windy wipers, Ryan could see his jeep was in the drive, but Claire had left the lobby licht on. Right, thanks for the lift. Guess I'll see you in a fortnight, he said, tucking his bag out of the back seat. Aye, same shit, different fortnight, Fraser laughed. As soon as he got in the door, Ryan dumped his bag on the kitchen table 
He took out his new game and went bare into the living room. Cut and shut, he boosted the game up and was soon transformed into a knight. On horseback, he rode throughout the forest, seeking out bandits on behalf of his king. Hours passed as he raced against the other knights. Fox thieves and met witches have provided him with clues as to who to progress. Our time, his mood turned dry. He needed a drink of water or maybe a beer. He put the controller down and looked up above the glare of the TV for the night was abandoned deep in the forest. Something was missing. There used to be a glazed paperweight on top of the TV. He scanned through the room at the cabinets and tables. For photo frames and ornaments had sat, the surfaces were now bare. Slowly he got up and left the room. Along the walls at either side of the staircase, only pinholes remained for photos of Claire and himself had hung. Upstairs, our bedroom was tidier than usual. The bed had been made, and the mirrored wardrobe was clean of Aidan's handprints. He slid Claire's side of the wardrobe open. Empty. He checked under the bed and saw that our storage boxes were gone. He opened the drawers of our bedside cabinet. In the tap drawer, a small box of medication lay alien. The logo read Fluoxetine in white on red print, and I blow it in small black capitals. Mrs. Claire Corbett. One daily. He picked the box up. Something was loose inside. He opened the seal and tipped it upside down. Onto the maroon bed sheets. Who'd fell twa strips of pals in a gold ring. Ryan picked the ring up and laid it flat on the palm of his hand. He stared down at it. Silence rang through the house. He left the bedroom and rushed Ben to Aidan's. His cot was still there and all the piles of toys Ryan had balked him. He opened the cupboard. Only a couple of baby suits drooped on the wee wooden hangers. With the ring gripped ticked in his hand, Ryan descended the stairs and entered the darkness of his living room. He lay across the couch and stared at the game on the glowing screen. Above the avatar's heed, a blackbird flew down onto either the lower branches of a tree. It hopped along the branch and sang its sweet song. Ryan grabbed the remote control and muted the TV. All that he could hear knew was the sound of his own breath. What sweetly sang the blackbird that sat upon the tree, but said our grat lambkin, then he was condemned to die. And Bonnie sang the mavis, out of the thorny brake, but said our grat the nurse, then she was tied to the stake.